welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode 37 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Now, Guess who gave Lady Gaga her first TV interview after being signed to Interscope? Well, I had no idea either until I found out that it was the very man I'm going to be brain-picking in this episode. Today, I'll be picking the brain of entertainment branding expert Louis Lavella. Louis was a former music TV host, interviewing hundreds of A-list celebrities, and has now become an entertainment branding expert. In fact, he's responsible for turning dead venues into packed venues, slow ticket sales into sold-out shows, independent musicians into major label-ass-kicking brands. Louis has helped his clients grow their following from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands. And what's really exciting is that he has now taken his branding experience in the entertainment industry and is applying it to many other businesses. Louis, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Not a problem. It's exciting to be here, and uh, let's let's pick my brain away, and, and I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, and thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm no Lady Gaga, so I hope I, you know, I hope I stand <laughs> up. <laughs> nah, um, I'm not even going to bother singing. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited to get to get basically into your brain and, and find out look, what makes you a marketing superstar. But before we go there, can you tell us more about you and what it was like growing up? Absolutely. I, I mean, I've always had a fascination for the entertainment industry. My mom and dad owned their own business. My uncle uh, owns his own business, an entrepreneur. So I, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit around me uh, as I was growing up and kind of just observing what uh, what what they have done. So the entertainment bug was always in me. You know, as a little kid with my with my brothers, we were playing with our GI Joes and our little dinky cars, and I've always <laughs> had some sort of TV station or or some kind of weird you know make believe of just being in the entertainment industry so it's kind of been in me you know since i was since i was born probably and so I always knew this is where I wanted to end up. And, and as I was growing up, you know, I started in the nightlife industry as a side job, like a lot of people do. Some people do bartending jobs. Some people have, you know, um, you know, restaurant jobs. I, I, I love the marketing aspect. So I was uh, a promoter, really, in, in my late uh, high school and early college days for a few years, uh, you know, handing out the flyers, helping out the larger promoter, just get people into nightclubs. And, you know, while it was lots of fun, it wasn't necessarily for me. I didn't like to be the club promoter. It's kind of has a cliche name. And, mm-hmm. and everything that comes around with it. I always knew I wanted to do something a little bit more. And I saw people who were in the industry that made decent money, but um, they were still stuck as a club promoter or, you know, a DJ that just never grew out of being, the, you know, a decent local DJ. Right. Uh, I knew I, I needed to strive for more. So, Louis, when, you say, when, to, you, say, when you yeah. say club promoter, I just want to kind of paint a little bit of a picture here. Uh, were you one sure. of those really annoying guys on the street who would like have these little flyers and be like, you know, hey, come to my show tonight or come to the event? tonight here's a discount free drink it started that way yeah it started that way and 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 it quickly after a few months of doing that i thought you know there's a better way to do this i don't want to be on you know handing out flyers um to people that just don't care so i quickly moved out of being the nightclub promoter person 
because I identified an issue with the marketing, you know, mm -hmm. sure you can stand there handing out flyers, but people aren't receptive to it. You know, if you're the guy handing out flyers on the cars, they end up on the parking lot ground immediately after uh, or in the garbage. Right. So I started to network, you know, I networked with people. I would roam around the clubs. I, I would just wander and network and meet people and kind of build up a Rolodex. And, and that really skyrocketed me outside of being a nightclub prom promoter, like, like in the sense that, that you say into actually being able to run my own events. And I quickly learned that the guys that were making all the big money that were the heads of promotion were the guys that had the Rolodex and the networking and the relationships with agents, things like that, that can get things done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was even not able to go to clubs in Canada here, the legal age in Ontario is 19. Younger than that, I, w I was running events in the local nightclubs. And, I, and the joke was I wasn't even, quote unquote, allowed to be in there drinking, right? But how old were um, you? Because I was 17 and 18. Wow. So um, I was building and forging relationships with club owners, uh, managers of, of DJs, and of course, people to build my own events. And under me were those nightclub promoters that handed out the flyers and did that kind of mm -hmm. idea. And this was kind of pre-Facebook days, right? right? So social media was nowhere to be seen at this time. It was, it was either phone or email marketing. But I, I knew there was a, a, a very tight bridge between how to market really well and create an experience and then the entertainment industry. So, so I, I, I kind of grew out, out of the, um, the, the smaller events in a bar and, and nightclub. I started working for a television network in Canada. Uh, it's like an MTV that goes across the nation. And that's where I started to interview some major celebrities and forge even higher relationships with stronger managers. And after that, I, I got into where I am today, being a consultant for large venues around the world, including festivals that bring in 25, 30,000 people a day um, because of all that experience throughout those years. So it's been a kind of fun ride to get where I am today. Mm. And you're doing that at the moment with social media. You're not using the old tactics that you had back in the day. It Right. In, in our largest scale festivals, um, we still do a little bit of traditional media, um, some radio because we have radio partners that we like to work with and, and some flyering. But to be honest, last season, the flyering, I, I mentioned several times in our meetings that we really shouldn't need to do flyering anymore. Like we're, we're covering the bases with social media several times over there's really no need to kill any more trees and have these end up in the garbage i right. mean it, it's just yeah it's another layer of awareness when somebody walks out of their club and they see a flyer for our major festival but i mean they know about the festival you know mm. our social media is so strong that um there's just no need for that traditional media and and to that point several of my clients are not as large as a festival they're just a nice large nightclub venue or or musicians i mean they've cut out traditional media completely i mean some of them are 100% social media marketing they don't touch radio print promoters any of that it's it's fascinating okay so i want to get more in depth about the social media and how to obviously apply it to to the businesses for those listening because obviously i'm guessing that most of my listeners are not in the entertainment industry and they're just in regular businesses so we're going to get to that but before we do i kind of want to touch upon the rolodex um your network which which i believe personally and i'm speaking pers uh, for myself as well is that is one of your biggest assets i think i believe is your network your network it is your net worth right 
It is. And you know how in the entertainment industry, people are like, it's it's who you know. It's also who knows you. Who knows you. you. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you could know a lot of people, especially now with social media. But when people recognize you or or know you as an acquaintance or a business colleague or, or as part of your actual network that you can connect with, that's extremely important. And like you just mentioned, that 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 is one of the, the largest ways to grow any business on, on those relationships. You know, everything's relationship based, everything. And when we go networking face to face, that's awesome. That's strong. But we can do it social media and digitally as well. But yes, absolutely. Building your Rolodex up is going to save uh, money, time, you know, questions being answered, expertise and mentorship that you can grasp onto, um, getting things done when possibly it's impossible, <laughs> right? Right. Or, right. or e- even when there's competition involved. And, you know, you know, somebody better than the competitors may know the same agency or right. business. You you may get a, an unfair advantage that way by building up your network. So it's absolutely important to continue to build and forge relationships. Right. And of course, it builds your your trust uh, in terms of your credibility. You know, if, if you've if you've rubbed shoulders with people who who, you know, everybody admires and trusts. So obviously now you must be somebody big. It's all look, it's all about perception, really. At the end of the day, you know, um, they say that perception is 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 reality for a lot of people um do you agree with that it is and you know perception is a big chunk of your brand you know i've had uh, i've been doing quite a few podcasts as we quickly discussed earlier yeah and a lot of questions are what's the difference between branding and marketing and and branding is that your logo and colors and your website and those are just small pieces of your branding pie. You know, the perception of how people look at you and, and trust you, that's a major part of your brand. So if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're listening to what I'm saying and they start to, you know, understand, uh, you know, some of the nuggets that come out of it and go, wow, Louis knows his stuff. And, you know, that's part of my brand that somebody mm-hmm. can, can you know, see me as an authority in marketing, not just in entertainment marketing. That That's a piece of the brand. And, and you know, one of the reasons why I love doing these podcasts as well is to share that information and kind of help grow my authority in, in all kinds of industries. But but branding's not just your logo and not just colors. Because, for example, you know, if, if somebody looks at, you know, whatever, a fast food restaurant that has a fantastic brand, but you keep getting sick going there, your right. perception of the, you know, that brand <laughs> is going to be awful. Right. So no matter what logo they have, you know, their branding is tarnished in your eyes. Right. You know, so if that, if that keeps growing across, you know, the world, you know, their brand is completely tarnished. And, and sometimes branding is very hard to fix. You know, I, I, when I deal with nightclubs back in the day and they're like, well, people don't like coming here. Let's just change the name. Right. And I'm like, but you have the same ownership, same management. You're same not really going to change the look of it too much. Same staff. Technically, it still smells like beer on the floor and the washrooms don't flush. Your brand is awful. <laughs> right. You think putting a new logo in the, you know, on, on your sign is going to fix it. And it doesn't. Right. And, and that's that's a great little story of. You know, making sure, like you like you mentioned, forging those relationships and causing a little bit of authority and how people understand you and perceive you. And that right. perception is a big piece of brand. But Louis, here's a catch-22, okay? This is what I think a lot of people struggle with is, you know, Tony Robbins, he's huge, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you know, all these... Uh, all these. At the end of the day, though, is how do you get there? Because ultimately, I see a lot of guys rising. I see them rising. I see what happens. They write a book and then they've got, you know, all these famous people giving them a review on the book and then suddenly, and they're all piggybacking off each other. It's it's actually quite funny because everybody's sort mm-hmm. of scratching each other's back. Like, uh, you know, they're not really reading the book. They're kind of just going, well, I know that if I give him a great review, he's going to give me one on my next book. And if he promotes me, I'll promote him. And it's, it's like a whole club, right? 
but every, right. but everybody wants to get into that club and they're kind of thinking how how do you get into that club how do you get there right absolutely and you know that's when we're talking about those that those contacts in your your rolodex right okay but As how you do you create those relationships but how do you, you know, build you, those relationships and how do you build those well i mean obviously back in the day and still to this day if you attend you know depending on your business you can attend trade shows conferences start networking shaking the right hands but uh that that is the traditional way of doing things and i still love doing that as well i love going to conferences i i speak now i just got signed to an agency that uh, wants to get me out and doing more speaking on this exact kind of conversation um around you know canada and the united states which would be exciting so i i you know that's a great place to network but digitally you know you can get on facebook groups you can be on forums you can start to email back and forth people and just hustle on Twitter. I think the digital version is, is going to come down to a lot of hustle and, you know, just be likable. You know, I wouldn't just come out and say, hey, Daniel, can you just uh, my new book will be coming out one day. Can you <laughs> put a, a forward on it and mention it on your podcast? Right. You know, and not have any relationship whatsoever. Because you may get a ton of those or you may just say, Louis, I don't even know who the hell you are. <laughs> I get like, them all the time. I, I get them all the time. Seriously. Yeah, you do, right? So you have to pick and choose if you do any. But people who start to forge relationships, that's where that you start to get into that club. And I also find, even myself, because I'm doing the same formula that I see and also instruct musicians and, and you know, models and things like that to, to build their own brand. I'm trying to do the same thing for myself as a brand and, and an expert in marketing that, you know, when you're starting to forge these relationships and you're starting to give good content, and it really comes down to product as well, people do want to gravitate to that. They, they you know, they want to to just know who you are and you're a good, you know, good guy. You know, you become like sort of acquaintances and then friends and they start to refer you. They really do. Like I've done several podcasts and afterwards it's like, oh man, I've, uh, these two friends of mine do podcasts and it was a great chat. I need to introduce you to them. Or, oh, you, you know, you do music marketing stuff. Well, this guy owns this massive, you know, well-known ticketing company. I, right. I'd like to introduce you to them if you don't know. You know, these referrals keep coming through because hmm. you're starting to forge relationships. And that's a great way to start, kind of hustle a bit, but then eventually get into those little clubs that we uh, kind of mentioned of of those circles of people that that sort of start to scratch each other's back and help each other out because you want to hang out with like-minded people and you want to hang out with people that you trust there's a lot of people who have those quote-unquote guru syndrome and they may have taken one online course or hit the boost button six times on facebook <laughs> and now they're social media experts i see that so often and it's so unfortunate because when i come in and somebody calls me saying this isn't working. What do I actually need to do? They've had a tainted, you know, taste in their mouth of I've hired six social media experts and they charged me X amount of dollars and mm. they did nothing because they didn't know what they were doing, you know, at all. <laughs> right. But, it, you know, it's, it's kind of that terrible wild, wild west right now in, in, in marketing and social media. And it's tough to break through the noise. And, and that's where as a business owner, an entrepreneur, an expert, you want to start to cause that authority. So, you know, right. to break off a little bit of, of, of the, you know, the circle, you want to do podcasts, you want to have a blog, you, you want to be on podcasts, you want to put out content that's not just always download my PDF. It's, it's here's an array of things that you can learn from me and see me as some sort of expert. And hopefully you like the way I say it. And then we could start connecting on either a business relationship or that kind of idea. So, so here's a, here's a thought, Louis, before we get into like, I guess, practical applications of what you just mentioned. Here's a thought. And, and just, I guess, you know, be honest with me, tell me if you agree with this or not. But the way I see it is, um, you know, back in the day, I'm young. I don't know how, how old are you, Louis? 39, just turned. 39. Okay, cool. So, 
you know, when you were when you were 17, 18, 19, you were pre the pre social media age. And when you needed to network, when you when you wanted to get to know uh, the big the big movers and shakers in your industry, there was no other way other than to meet them and just, you know, network with them and get to know them and get to know what they like. And I feel like what's happened is that because it's so easy to connect, people are just spamming everybody they're like oh wow i could i can send a message to gary vaynerchuk oh i could send a message to you know richard branson on twitter but like that's not how you forge a relationship you know just throwing out like hi my name's edgar and i do this like no one no one cares like that's the brutal fact nobody cares especially not richard branson who, who who's a busy man you know, and you've got to work hard. And if you want to build a relationship with someone, you're not going to build it by retweeting their tweet every so often and liking their post and making a comment. It's just not going to happen like that. You have to go out there and hustle. And social media is a blessing and a curse. It's a double-edged sword. You can use it incredibly, incredibly powerfully if you can network the way that you would normally network and that is you take time and you really start like you were mentioning before I really liked what you said about referring business I think that is the quickest way to, to build a network because ultimately everybody by default we want to take we want to we want I want to be um, you know famous I want to make lots of money I want to do this I want to do that but if everybody's thinking like that then obviously no one's going to win. But if you become a person who says, okay, I want to get to know this guy. I want him as part of my network. The best way to do that is to give that person. And the best way to give someone is to give them a recommendation, to recommend people to them. Absolutely. And, and when you're referring somebody or you're helping somebody out in that respect, you're kind of putting that little stamp of approval on your end to the person. And you know everybody feels good when, when they're being you know, approved or liked. So absolutely. A, a referral is one of those, one of those great forms of, of business flattery. Right. Um, and, and you're right. Taking, taking, taking just doesn't work. And to, to the previous point you made, you're absolutely correct that social media has, has opened a, an immense opportunity to be able to network and continue to stay on top of the entire world uh, of, of your, your acquaintances and business relationships. But it also has made a lot of people very lazy um, by automating and by just tweeting and retweeting, thinking, oh, like you mentioned, I'm going to get in touch with Richard Branson. It's not that easy. It's like me trying to call his office. You're not going to get through right away, right. you know, even though the tweet is getting to him and, and him, maybe it's him who's actually retweeting it. But where's the relationship there? You, you know, Gary's great at hustling, you know, his you know what off to, to try <laughs> and connect with as many people as possible. And he does connect with a ton of them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're forging a relationship because you have one or two comments back and forth. There has to be some sort of meat and substance in there and a continued growth between social media so that he can take notice. And then all of a sudden he recognizes your name. And then but that but I always say to my musician stuff, but then what? You know, what else after that? Like they're trying to get in touch with managers or or record labels and get noticed. I'm like, but what? Like, yes, they could notice you, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to all of a sudden sign you to a record deal. Right, right? Right, right. There's got to be a lot more to it. If you just met them at a networking event, 
you know, and you just had a quick three minute conversation, that also doesn't mean you're going to get a record deal. You may right. want to hang with them for a bit. You know, when, when I go to Miami and Las Vegas and, and I'm speaking and stuff, I like to hang out with with new agents and managers. And then we actually hang out. We go to lunches and we go mm-hmm. to the beach and there's parties. And I try and build a large group of like a little fun entourage. And we all go have fun for the week because that's really forging relationships. I try and put together my own little private party at my hotel where 20 of them can show up. I have a couple of, of drinks there all on me you know it's inexpensive to buy a few bottles and we just sit and have fun like we're friends now Mm -hmm. that skyrockets that relationship as opposed to just meeting them at the bar in the lobby oh cool you're an agent maybe we can work together one day you know blah 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 Uh, i might have some artists you might want to look at and then leave it at that and then in passing again you walk by and kind of wave again you're not forging any relationships there that's that's going to take a while to nurture Right. So I mean, our, in, in social media, you want to start to try and drive through and hustle and start to actually create a conversation because then when they get to like you, people, like I mentioned, like to work with people they like. How many times have we heard, you know, uh, an actor got hired because the director just liked the person, you know, or mm-hmm. or a business business person got, the, you know, the VC funding. Maybe their idea wasn't that great, but they liked the hustle of that business person. So they got the, the initial funds. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. forging those relationships and that likability is going to go way farther than possibly having the best song or the best business or the best product. Right. Right. But Louis, we mentioned Richard Branson. So you you interviewed him, right? Right. Okay, so how did you get that interview? Give us, give us a practical, uh, use this as an example. How did you get that relationship? How long did it take and what did you have to do? That, that one's a terrible example because that was a lot of luck. <laughs> because what happened <laughs> okay. was we were interviewing a lot of artists um, at uh, his, his, uh, his festival, that, he, that he, Virgin Festival he has all over the place. He obviously has one in Toronto. We were up there interviewing a bunch of uh, big artists. And I was in the VIP tent sitting on a picnic table. And him and his PR person came and sat beside us. And we were just talking for a little bit. And I literally turned to the PR uh, person and him and said, hey, I'm doing interviews. I would love to get your take on your festival here in Toronto wow. and he turned to his PR person and she said that's great and he's like let's do it wow. <laughs> it was a very it was one of those screw it, um, screw it let's do of, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> just take the shot and go for it you know don't be yeah. nervous that's another great story too you know right. you just take that shot because you never know when it's going to land 100%. and this one actually landed it, right on the money and it was Louis, great you know because, you know yeah. what you know what the thing is sorry to interrupt here but no you, you just said it was luck I don't think it was luck Okay, let me ask a question, and obviously we're not going to get any answers because this is not live and no one could talk to us back, but I'm just throwing it out there to the audience, okay? How many of you listening, if you were sitting there in Louis' seat, okay, and Richard Branson was sitting next to you with his PR agent, how many of you would have the balls to turn around and ask for an interview, okay? Raise your hands, right? Okay, I'm seeing maybe one, maybe one out of a thousand, right? Tens of thousands. (laughs) So it's not just luck, it's also just going for it. And, and you know what? So he said, if he would have said no, no would have been no, and you would have got the next one. But that's also, right. you know, that's part of it. I mean, you also interviewed Lady Gaga, right? We mentioned that in the intro. Um, how did that come absolutely. about? So, I mean, and you're absolutely right. You know, I, I, I call it luck, but, but you're right. In my mind, it's just the, the hustle of... I can do this. I can get this interview off. I'm not going to be nervous. I'm going to make him sing to me, which he did. <laughs> he and did? I'm what just going to ask because you're what right. What's song the worst did he that sing? can happen? He says, sorry, we got to go through all these you know, red tapes to get PR done, and that's that's impossible. And big uh-huh. deal. I don't feel bad because I didn't have the interview lined up anyways. But what you're song right. Did going he for Louis, it what song did he sing? Yeah. So Lady Gaga was in Miami and I again was interviewing a ton of big artists and DJs down there and she just got signed to Interscope. So I actually didn't even know who she was. 
So we were up on. Uh, what on what do you mean you suite. didn't know? You didn't know Lady Lady Gaga? No. So this is the funny story. She Where was your head buried? Be, pardon? You're a marketing agent for freaking <laughs> entertainment industry. You know Lady freaking Gaga? Are you joking me? Well, this is the reason why <laughs> she had just got signed. So her music just none of that was out yet. She no was. Way. She was not, you know, she was a nobody, quote unquote, really. Wow. We were doing these interviews and we're on this rooftop, nice, nice private suite where, you know, media was there and a bunch of uh, artists were there, well known. And her, her manager came up to my producer and myself and said, we have this new artist that just got signed and we'd like to get some exposure. Um, we would love if you can spend some time giving her a quick couple minute interview and put it on your TV network. And we're like, you know, we have a ton of interviews lined up you know uh, we've been asked all, all week about these new artists coming to us and i said listen let's let's listen to the song you know sounds like a great story let's before we say no let's 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 listen to the music and it was just dance i was listening to it my yeah her big hit and this is this is way before it actually came out to radio this is like march of 08 i believe and it came out shortly after like summertime so again, nobody knew who she was. So I'm like, you know what? This sounds like a great song. Let's do it. So we <laughs> interviewed her. She's a great person, you know, a great interview. She does a performance on the rooftop that we got to record, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, the funny thing is we came home and they were editing this, you know, coverage of this Miami festival for our new season in September that we were there. And we covered it. Well, funny enough, she explodes over the summer, right? Like the right. next Madonna. Literally. And of course, I'm like, wow, we got Lady Gaga. This is amazing. What, <laughs> you know, again, what luck, right? Yeah. Uh, just perfect timing for that. <laughs> right. The, 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 the episode comes out and Lady Gaga is not in the episode. And I'm thinking, where the mm -hmm. hell is Lady Gaga? This is the biggest artist, you know, we've interviewed probably for a long time and she's not on it. They right. said, you know what? We edited this in March, and she was a nobody, and oh, we didn't have her in the episode. No. But now we're editing a special on her now to put out as well. But funny that it didn't even get in the episode that um, that actually came out in September because she exploded so quick over the summer, and we had already pre-done this, this this shooting and stuff. So that's a funny story, and that was her first TV interview as uh, as her new Interscope Lady Gaga signing. She just got signed like a week before. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. Do you, do you ever get nervous before, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've probably worked with other big names. Uh, by the way, can you throw out any names, any other names that you've worked with, people that we would yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've interviewed and worked, you know, with Tommy Lee, um, obviously did the Richard Branson interview and Lady Gaga, Backstreet <laughs> Boys, I've had, uh, you know, live concerts with LMFAO, Lil Jon, um, some big DJs like, you know, Skrillex we just did a big show with, um, Zed, some, a lot of EDM DJs as well. And then there's right. a lot of up-and-coming guys that, that I love to work with and, and whatnot and, and make sure that they're nurtured and they can, you know, nowadays, uh, just to break off a little bit from, from that chat, you know, the Internet's the great equalizer, right? So a lot of people are making a ton of money without having to be on a major label or right. not having to be signed to a TV network and get a show out. Well, you, know, recent, you, you wrote and, a recent you know, article about a girl who made $6 million on YouTube without a record label. 100%. Yeah, she's the violin girl, right? right. Um, and, and, and they're dying to sign her now after saying no several times. And now she's like, well, screw you guys. I don't need any control or any of your funds or anything like that. I'm, I'm making it on my own. And it comes down to that hustle and building relationships and getting the product out there. And it's, this works for every style of business. You know, mm -hmm. we have the opportunity with social media and digital marketing to not spend as much as we used to, but spend some money and some hustle to make things happen. 
So can we get practical a little bit for those listening that are running businesses? You know, how would you apply um, those same tactics that you use to turn, you know, dead venues into packed venues and, you know, and, and manage to get those ticket sales in the, in the entertainment industry? How would, you, how would you advise a business today to get more clients? Absolutely. So, I mean, the first thing I, I do when I talk to any you know, brand, whether it's a festival or venue or musician or a regular business, mom, pop, mm. flower shop, is is to sit down and kind of chip away at who you are and what your brand voice is going to be. So a lot of people say, well, I'm a flower shop, we do great flowers, and we're going to have the best customer service. Mm-hmm. Sure, but everybody can do that, you right. know, and probably a lot of people are doing that in your competition, right? So I really want you know, everybody to chip away, what's your actual brand voice? Like, how do you say it? Like, how is your customer service? You know, this way, when you start to apply some of the tips and tactics to social media, you're not stumped with, I don't know what to say today. I'll just post a picture of nice flowers. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Or or if you're a musician, I'm just going to put out my next track. Uh Well, it could be a great track. I'm hoping it's a good track. Otherwise, you're already in trouble, right? Like, you don't want to post dead flowers. But there's a lot (laughs) of people doing the same thing. So what is going to bring you outside of the norm and, and lift you above that noise it's going to be the way you say things and the way your character is and the way your you know just your persona is so it makes it a lot easier to post on social media and create creative when you have that brand voice and you could be funny cheeky you know in people's face whatever it's going to be you got to create that brand voice and this is for every business you know so for me my brand voice is to be sort of easygoing fun loving and an expert in, in in marketing and branding and and because I have that little flavor of entertainment industry, it catches some eyeballs and ears because it's interesting. It's, it's saying similar things as other marketing people may say with a nice new flavor, a nice new twist. So my, my brand voice is you know, to, to be easygoing and fun. So when I post things, the way I say things, when I do my own podcast, I'm not as polished. And you know, it, my, my book that I did right before, you know, it's just the way I would say it. A lot of people are editors, friends of mine, are like, man, I have to edit your book. And I'm like, you can, right. but... Don't make it too polished. That's not my brand voice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 to that point, the next step is to know your audience. So that nightclub and bar book, I knew my audience didn't want to read some dry, you know, professional sounding book. They wanted to get the stories and the gist of things and really be entertained. So if I edit that book down to you know then a, a textbook style, they wouldn't even read it. I wouldn't even read it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, hundred so percent. You have to know your audience, and that really is step two because, you know, if you're a flower shop and you know your audience is a certain age demographic or it's going to be young adults or whatever it is, you have to know who you're going out to so that these two connect, what you're going to say, who it goes to. And I'm sure everybody's heard the same things, and it just it, it's true even in entertainment industry. Every music style has its audience. Some people hate rap and country, and then there's people who absolutely love it. Right. So you have to just carve out your audience and and just go at it. You're not going to please everybody around the world because the world is our oyster. Now you have the opportunity to get it out there. But just know that not everybody loves your service or product. And that's okay. But your audience that will love it, you have to, you know, engage with them and you have to really make sure you're connecting with them. Right. So the tips that I use with those two put together, that's the, the you know, the, the pre-branding portion right. getting into the marketing space is, you know, social media has been the number one driver of a lot of business nowadays. And I would definitely keep an eye on Facebook ads, Instagram ads. If Snapchat is your audience, definitely use that, but you have to use it a lot. But, the, you know, the two big boys has been Facebook and Instagram for me because mm-hmm. my, you know, most of my clients deal with uh, millennials and Generation Z being in the music and entertainment industry. Right. But Twitter comes comes in as well into play. 
you know, the advertising is, is massive because you can target. You know, we all we all have heard have played around and, and know that since we like pages and say things on Facebook and Instagram, it's tracked very well. And the tools are unbelievable on how you can just put your message in front of the exact person you want to put it in front. Mm-hmm. You have to use those tools. You know, there's just something to be said about our organic reach being zero pretty much. And you know what? That's okay. The guy with the megaphone is going to win. Get that megaphone. You know what I mean? What would you say to to somebody listening who's literally starting a business and he doesn't have a big budget at all? In fact, he's probably most likely going to start it himself uh, in terms of the social media management. He doesn't have a budget to pay somebody else to manage it. What, what would you What would you advise them to start doing today to start getting clients in the door? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have a lot, especially musicians that just don't have them. There's so many that I can't work with just time restriction wise, and they just don't have any funds to work with, you know, the starving artist syndrome. And, you know, I just kind of encourage them to kind of, you know, not only get on my blog and stuff like that, but to, you know, to listen to podcasts like this and just to learn as much as possible. So in, in the same respects for any business owner that just is bootstrapping and has zero money and it comes down to, like I mentioned before, you're going to trade some of that money for time then. So mm-hmm. if you are a consultant, let's say you're a marketing consultant, or let's say you are a web designer, whatever the business is, you want to start putting out content to help people. Again, we've heard this over and over again from many experts. You know, the more you can tell people that there's a problem and here's the actual solution, the quicker you can say, and the next problem is you doing it yourself, which is where I can help you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. if you're working on, you know, web design, it is a PHP question or whatever it is, because I'm not savvy in, in web design myself. You know, you put out content that answers questions. And people can look at that and either do it themselves and say, wow, you know, you're an expert and thank you for this. And next time I will hire you or I see the answer. I just don't want to do it. And you may gain clients from that. Right. So similar with being a marketing consultant or, or any kind of entrepreneur, you're going to trade the money that you don't have to actually boost out for your time. So you're going to hustle putting out content. You're going mm-hmm. to try and connect with other blogs or other Uh, you know, joint ventures that might help you. And there's something to be said about spending a little bit of money. I've I've grown social media pages with five, $10 a day by just the content you put out. That's good content. Like you you see your a hundred people, you're getting some decent, you know, reaction on it. Those are the ones you want to boost out and start boosting them out to your audience, you know, uh, uh, outside of your actual fan likes. If you have only a hundred, you can spend $5 and reach maybe, you know, a thousand or, or a few thousand people in your exact audience and that will give them the content and that will also cause them to like your pages as well and grow your audience but it's going to come down to more hustle at that point Mm -hmm. because you're going to have to get out there and just like back in the day if you're flyering you know the streets instead of advertising on radio you know the flyers are very cheap compared to a radio campaign so you're going to have to hustle now and you have to right. get get the message out there in that respect, you know, a little bit of street level marketing. Right. You've got to be creative. That's the bottom line. If you if you can't afford the marketing services, um, you need to be creative. And if you and if you're not, then maybe it's not the right thing for you. Uh, at the end of the day, not everybody's an entrepreneur. That's really the bottom line. Um, and, you know, the other thing I would say as well is going back to what we were talking about earlier is don't underestimate the power of a network a really solid network because when you've got a good network of people who are then going to start opening doors for you and referring business to you, you're not going to have to be spending as much time going and and getting business yourself because you'll have, you know, a, a huge network who will be referring business to you. 
Absolutely. And, and, and when you're putting out great content as an as an expert, like we mentioned earlier, trying to build your authority in the space, people will that are your network have something to show as well. So when they're referring, they can say, well, go to his website. You know, and again, the website is fairly free other than your hosting and your time. It's, it's pretty much free. You know, you, you know, there, there are free ones out there as well. Right. It's your time involved to get the right content so you're building the right authority. So, you know, if, if I'm going to say, oh, you got to talk to Daniel, he's a professional, blah, blah, blah. And I can send him to your, your, your website. I can send him to your podcast. And there's something there for somebody to go, wow, Louis said he's a pro. And he is because I can see it now. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, 100%. So it's, I think, it's that I think pre-hustle. I think the days of business cards are over. You know, I see so many people, they go mm-hmm. to these networking events with a freaking shitload of, of, of business cards, throwing it at everybody's face. Like, nobody, you give me a business card, I guarantee you it's going to be in the trash the next day. Why? Because business cards are worthless. What am I going to do with it? Well, what am I going to do with a freaking business card? If I'm going to collect a hundred of them, what am I going to stick them in my pocket and walk around with them looking like I have something coming out my, uh, you know what? Well, yeah. But if you have a book, okay, if you have a book and you give me your book, oh, now I'm re- now there's some value here. It's not a little piece of nothing. It's a, it's a book. Or if you've got a radio show, you've got a podcast show and say, hey, by the way, check out my show. Wow, now I can, I can this is a way to build your network much faster. And, and, and even an ebook, even having an ebook and saying, hey, by the way, can I just get your email address? I want to send you an, uh, a book I wrote, right? And I want your, adv- and this is, if you want to take it a step further, is I want mm-hmm. your advice. I want your opinion. Oh, he wants my opinion? Like I'm, I'm I'm valuable to him like that that's how you get people to really start to pay attention and and to remember you Absolutely. And, you know, and that's uh, like we, we were mentioning how you're starting to build your relationship. So you're right. When you're going around flying your business card all over the place, it means nothing to people. You know, when you're trying to forge a relationship, they, they will ask, oh, can we connect? I need your services or I need your information. You know, once you've gotten past that point of trust, right? You know, but you're right. Helping them out first is going to be big. Can I send you something or, oh, you wanted to know a little bit more about that? Well, here's my book or let me send you my PDF that, uh, that I usually right. sell on Amazon, but read it because it has info exactly what you're talking about. And right. yeah, if we work together, we do, if not, whatever, you know, you're just being a little more easy going on, on the sale there. And you know, a lot of people like the hard sale, but there's so many people who are resistant to that nowadays. And right. you know, we see ads everywhere. So if you're just another billboard, you know, spewing out of your mouth, you, people's user behaviors is automatically going to resist that. So sure, writing a, a nice book, you know, and you can self-publish it and have that as your business card, fantastic. Forging relationships before they even ask for your business card, great. Mm-hmm. And majority of time, I don't even ask for the business card. I just grab my phone and I actually pop your phone number in there. Or right. I just find you, okay, where's your Facebook or whatever it is. Because we'll Facebook. just connect right. there. Because I, exactly. I will lose the business card or I, I will not want to have the pile in my pocket like you said. Exactly. You know, it's, we're digital and there's nothing wrong with being digital. And here's another example which I love. Okay, I just went to New York. Uh, on a business trip and you know I had a guy called Oren Abadi from Abadi Motors he runs a, a car dealership in New Jersey okay luxury cars so we're talking right. Bentleys and, and you know high end cars like Rolls Royces uh, Aston Martins and just before I, I flew out I, oh. I sent him a Facebook message just, just saying by the way um, do you know any good car rental like places where I can rent a car you mm. know what do you think he texts me back he goes, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, why don't you come over? I'll give you a car for the week. Wow. Now, 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 let me tell you something. I don't, <laughs> I've only known this guy for literally, I think it's been maybe six weeks. Okay. I had him on my show six weeks ago. And the wow. guy is, and the guy is offering to give me a car, a luxury car for a week for free. 
Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm wow, I can't, so I get there, and I'm, also I'm expecting, okay, so wow, that's amazing, but I'm expecting him to give me some like, you know, run around cheap car that he probably, <laughs> uses, probably uses to send his workers home with, you know, whatever. I come there, and he's got this $100,000 Mercedes 350, and I'm like, you're kidding me, right? And he's like, no, it, you know, it's yours for the week. That's now, amazing. Now, most people think, well, why would he do that? What? Let me tell you why he would do that. Because who, what do you think happened after that? Facebook, all my Facebook mm-hmm. followers knew about it. All my Instagram followers got to know about it. Linked, everybody got to know about it. And everyone's like, wow, nice car. Where'd you get it from, right? And obviously, I tagged him in. And I mentioned his company name. And I, hey, guess what? I'm mentioning it on this podcast show right now, which means every right. single person listening to this, including you, Oh, a body motors in New Jersey. Wow. This is how it works, guys. You know, think out of the box, do something different and don't, you know, don't be cheap as well. Give things away to people who are going to be influencers and, and going to share it. So, you know, absolutely. And, and, and he's going, like we mentioned earlier, how do you get above being just the regular, even luxury though, but you know, auto dealership. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's portraying that customer service and that let's forge a relationship with the right people. And like you mentioned, it's all over your social media. You probably told this story a few times now. Yeah. and You're going to continue to tell it because it's a good story, a good example of social media. And it could be a story that I I, I tell as well. You know, who knows in, in, in examples. And this guy is going to continue to get free word of mouth, which is going to be digital as well. Uh, publicity for one nice gesture. And if he does it a few times. How much more advertising and referrals is he going to get for doing these nice gestures? And this has nothing to do with spending money. It has nothing to do with, you know, advertising like we're a luxury car dealership and we're (laughs) the best. We have the best customer service. And then like you have to prove that, right? Right. Well, he's proved all that without spending a dime other than, you know, here's the car for the week and it's kind of sitting on the lot anyways, right? Right. It's, It's a great example. Yeah, he just actually gave a luxury car to, I think, DJ, uh, a very famous DJ. I can't remember his name. I think DJ Caleb, or I don't remember his name. Cool. Right? But he gave it to him for, for I think it's a month or whatever it is. And he's going to be driving around in that car promoting it. He's going to be literally a walking billboard, an influencer who's going to be influencing, you know, who knows how many fans. Um, uh, but he's going to be shouting about this brand. Um, so... Again, it's just it's just about thinking out the box and, and just going the extra mile and just being creative. Um, Louis, this has been really fantastic. By the way, I, I could literally talk to you for hours. Um, but <laughs> what? Thank you. Um, what's the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you to add you to their network? Absolutely. Well, I'm obviously all over social media, <laughs> right, <laughs> and of right. course, my website and all of those, including the website, is is my actually my first and last name, which is uh, Louis Lavella, and spelled mm-hmm. L O U I E. L-A-V-E-L-L-A. So it's louislavella.com or all over social media, obviously Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, all those fun, fun guys. Fun places. Um, and then <laughs> <Yeah>. some. <laughs> and, and Anchors, those will be, you know, all the ones that are out there. Right. And those will be uh, linked in my show notes as well. So if you guys want to just Great. do it in one in one click, you can find it. Uh, I just want to say your last name one more time because I absolutely love the way it flows off my tongue. It's <laughs> Louis Lavella. This has been so much fun, Louis. Thanks so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank Thank you to all my fellow listeners. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.